Happy Halloween, you lovely people. Short story, Bingo's back in full effect. Nate Chacon III. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your second time, the retention program is working. What we do on this podcast is I read a story from a book that I um, either have been suggested or I have in my collection already. And as we're reading it, uh, if it's just myself, then you'll just hear me the whole time. Or if I have a friend with me, then we will clown it together. But this is Short Story Bingo, episode 12. Again, happy Halloween, you um, beautiful, beautiful people. Uh, We want to get this out of the way now. I didn't do it on the last one, so I apologize. But random Twitter follower shout out goes out today to my boy Ivy. Uh, So follow him at Wolf Ivy, and that's I-V-I-E. He is doing, he just come out, came off a tour, um, does uh, hip-hop music, and I wanted to uh, give him a shout-out. He's definitely been uh, very supportive of, uh, you know, stuff I'm doing, and I certainly support him to the fullest as well. Now, today, we're going to be reading from the Creepypasta collection, and if you're not familiar with Creepypasta, then Google it and have fun uh, pissing your pants with uh, LV different scary ass stories that they have i got this book over at barnes and noble which is like i found it like off a whim Uh, i mean not off a whim i mean i fucking found it but i didn't think i was i didn't think it was there so i was pretty excited to put my mitts on that but today we're going to be reading uh, what stories this they die nameless by aaron shotwell it's um well, I haven't read it, so we'll just go into it get uh, together. But again, they die nameless from Aaron Shotwell. It's in the book The Creepy Pasta Collection, which of course I've read Jeff the Killer, and uh, I think there's a couple other ones that I read. But we'll continue to read from Creepy Pasta. But the next one will be a, uh, a scary story as well, just to close out October. Um, I mean, this is going to be the end of October's episode, but they're like next Friday. Um, I'll still drop one more. Uh, maybe we'll just call it like the day of the dead episode or some shit. And yeah, so I, uh, wanted to make sure that, uh, we get this episode out on Friday, the 27th. Um, I don't know what you guys are going to be for Halloween, but I know what I'm going to be. I'm going to be, I'm going to have two different costumes. One, uh, for when I go out tomorrow night with my wife and my uh, brother and my sister and their, you know, beautiful significant others, uh, probably going to be the, I don't know if you've seen this SNL skit, uh, but Dunkin' Donuts with Casey Affleck, I'm going to play Casey Affleck's character. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, YouTube that shit, cause it is a riot. And then on, uh, for my birth or my birthday, my work, I'm probably just going to get a little bear head, probably from like Walmart or something, some shit, put a Jersey on and be a Chicago bear. Yeah. Real, real fucking original, right? Anyway, um, I have normally been shouting out Japan as being the, uh, nation with, um, most views of mine, but, uh, gotta give it up to Canada, so let's give them a little golf clap, thanks Canada, um, 
Oh, I also was uh, going over, well, I posted it on my Facebook. I'm going to be starting a Facebook page for Short Story Bingo, also on Instagram and a Twitter as well. But until then, we're going to start up, man. Intro music's coming. So, Short Story Bingo, Creepypasta Collection, They Die Nameless. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad. Most of the time they're funny because I hate to be sad. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. But don't take my word for it. Spirit fingers. Yes. My name is Ad M J S. My name is Ada J M S. My name is Dom M. I've been writing these words over and over for the past 12 hours, writing to remind myself. Yet, no matter how many times I try to write it, and never last through the final stroke of the pen. I suspect it won't be long before the memory fades as well. I just hope this journal finds its way into someone's hands. Anyone's hands. Please, whoever you are, please remember me. June 5th, 1964. Since before my university years, I have been fascinated by ancient Egypt the cradle of civilization, where gods and empires rose from untamed sands. These stories of our beginnings lay buried in silent tombs for thousands of years. The Valley of the Kings held answers to many mysteries, and sometimes new mysteries for the finding, a wealth of revelations and surprises, and its allure drew me to the life of a historian many years ago. You don't, you're a go-getter. Okay, I like that. You just thought it up, you fucking loved Egypt, and you wanted to be it. You grabbed it. The American dream, son, above and beyond the profession. Unveiling these wonders has been my greatest pleasure. To that end, today is a momentous day for my career. Until today, my research has been limited to secondary sources. As one might imagine, gaining access to original texts and artifacts can be a challenge. Yeah, probably. Because they're fucking artifacts, man. Yet, I have the great fortune of receiving a rare donation concerning my most recent subject of intrigue, courtesy of a genuous, generous private collector. Unfortunately... For sake of privacy, he wishes to retain anonymity in all publications. And because he's got a fucking rap sheet that's longer than if you put all of the pages to it back to back to back and laid it down. It's longer than the fucking... Long and winding road, doom, 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 doom. strawberry field. Okay. Still, though, I cannot credit him 
for his contribution. I am most grateful. My current work, my current work, excuse me, involves the end of the 18th dynasty, family family line of Akhenaten and his controversial rejection of the old pantheon. Akhenaten, I did a little, um, so I read this little part um, just to give you an idea of who Akhenaten was. He was he died in 1331 BC, 13 for memory serves me right. Um, and the reason why he was so pivotal uh, in the whole dynasty of the pharaohs is that he uh, kind of denied um, the gods that were traditionally um, going about and declared himself a god. So he just like went in a whole different direction and um, is credited by a lot of uh, scholars with um, like kind of just like that religious ingenuity. Uh, and that's a big reason why Akhenaten is a, um, you know, a strong character. If you want to Google his name, it's A K H E N A T E N. If you're into shit like that, like a quick little 30 minute uh, wormhole video that lets you know, like a little piece of history that, no one gives a shit about because I don't take shots at a party and I'm like, um, Hey be- guys, before we, you know, let's, let's toast this one to Akhenaten, you know, because he really, you know, kind of pushed the boundaries for religious, uh, uh, the religious, uh, mindsets and see already and friends are annoyed. And they're just like, shut the fuck. What the f- no man, shut up! I'm not. I can, I, I can knock your head off. Your fucking. My current work involves the end of the 18th dynasty, a family line of Akhenaten, and its controversial rejection of the old pantheon. Their reign is generally accepted to have ended with the death of his son, Tutankhamun, which is King Tut. However, the contents of the boy king's burial chamber would succeed would suggest otherwise. Namely, the two fetuses buried alongside him, each in its own sarcophagus. One died in what appeared to be its seventh month of prenatal development, the other in its fifth. Their identities and the causes of their miscarriage are as of yet unknown, and probably not ever going to be discovered, P.S., because they're fucking... 33,000 years old. Oh, uh, yeah, this one uh, died from... The, people don't... It's very difficult to know what a miscarriage is now with... I mean, it's 2017. Yeah, as of yet, unknown. I like how they leave that open as if, like, at some point they'll be like, oh, so this is how it... Fuck out of here. My anonymous benefactor will be supplying me with those very same sarcophagi. Ooh, so you're just going to get two sarcophagus sarcophagi of dead baby. All right. Per request, he has sent them to my office at the University of Southampton. Very prestigious university, sir, if I must say. Hopefully, their examination will provide me with a valuable lead in answering these questions once and for all. The package will arrive by month's end, and I am eager to begin.
June 29th, 1964. The package arrived this morning. The package arrived this morning, though in a rather precarious state, I must say, left unattended at my office door rather than at the security desk as requested. <laughs> the package itself was less uh, was less than sturdy, hardly adequate protection for such priceless treasures. I'll be sure to voice my concern to the delivery company in the near future. Yes, sir. I had two sarcophagi. I'm not sure why he has a crocodile Dundee accent, but I just gave it that uh, to him. I had two sarcophagi sent to my Southampton offices, and they happened to be left unattended at my office door. And not with my security, gentlemen. Care to inquire into the matter? No, man. Fucking sorry. We won't do it next time. <laughs> the artifacts are no worse for the wear, however, and they are beautiful indeed. My benefactor kept them pristine, clearly not in a dusty storage facility as I might have imagined. Two tiny sarcophagi adorned in gold and black, each containing an even smaller sarcophagus, like Russian nesting dolls, and their shriveled remains would have rested therein. I had expected them to be brittle, yet they had weathered the ages with surprising integrity. You know, yet. You, you think you know someone, and then boom, they uh, they happen to age really well. You know, these two miscarriages aged great. I just here, I don't know why. Unfortunately, the bodies themselves are unavailable to me. They're uh, and that's unfortunate. They are closely guarded at another facility, granting strictly limited access, and rightly so. Yeah, regardless, the cuff. The coffins alone are a promising starting point in my research. I will begin my work at once. July 10th, 1964. The coffins have been in my possession for over a week now, and they provide more questions than answers. The photographs I had seen before their arrival showed no obvious signs of identity, so I suspected a more careful examination would be necessary. Yet... They've yielded nothing. No names, of course, no epithets, no prayers, no symbols of protection, not even the smallest indication of ritualistic practice concerning such deaths. That these fetuses were embalmed and entombed in royal fashion, yet put to rest with no marks of distinction, is a confounding enigma. I can only assume that they were... King Tut's miscarried children based on how near they were found to his resting place. Wasn't King Tut like fucking 13 when he died or something? That would be gnarly if those were his miscarried children. And even that poorly supported conclusion lends no clue to the circumstances surrounding their deaths. Clearly, these two were of great importance. Their bodies were treated with the same care as any king. Why, then, would they die nameless? Why would it be permitted? This was no folly of incompetence or neglect. 
No, I can say with confidence that they were deliberately omitted. How very puzzling. July 23rd, 1964. At the height of my frustration, I have made an astonishing discovery. To be honest, I am surprised that I am the first to notice it, or at least the first to mention it. At the foot of one of the inner sarcophagi near the edge of the lip beneath the lid, I found a very fine, nearly undetectable slit in the clay. It could easily be mistaken for a stress fracture, and I almost uh, dismissed it as such. However, when I adjusted my desk lamp, that's when I saw it. Something deep in the slit reflecting the faintest touch of light. After probing it with a needle and a pair of tweezers, probe, probe, I was able to extract a small, tightly folded piece of papyrus reed parchment. Say that fucking three times. Papyrus reed parchment, papyrus reed parchment, papyrus ah. Try it. Of course. It did not age as well as the clay sarcophagus, made thin a week at its ancient seams. None of this is aging, like, well, man. Like, I don't know why you think... Keep it intact while some folding was a delicate and trying task, yet mostly successful. The last bit adheres to itself rather strongly and with evident purpose. The ink is quite faded, but I have been able to discern the following... Quote, but their names die with them, sealed in earth and forgotten. They were called dot dot dot. End quote. Doubtless, the last bit conceals what would have been their names in life had they survived. Though risky, I may be able to undo the last few folds with the careful application of a razor blade and a non-corrosive solvent. But I must use caution, as this could very well be the key to solving this riddle, thereby documenting a solid conclusion to an important period in Egypt's history. July 24th, 1964. So the next fucking day. I've been staring at this blank page for a while now, trying to find words to describe what I experienced last night. It sounds ludicrous no matter how I think to phrase it, so I've been trying to rationalize it. It may be due to lack of sleep or perhaps mounting frustration. Perhaps oncoming sickness and feverish hallucinations. I'm uncertain, but I cannot fathom the alternative. Yet, for all my reasoning, I cannot dismiss the chill crawling over my skin. The last of the parchment's folds gave more easily than I expected, requiring very little pressure at all, and they revealed what I now struggle to explain. I understood the characters that I saw. I understood their meanings and uses individually. I understood the sounds they should have made, but together, as I saw them in that state, they evoked no thought only a dense fog of confusion, and any semblance of meaning dissolved from my mind the moment I looked away. So I'm guessing it's like some name that he's like, how can it be called Hot Dog Foot? How can it... No, how can it be called Crow Dog Pig? Yeah, how could it be that? You're reading an ancient language. 
archaic language, man. Even as I attempted to copy the characters I saw to put them to the paper, I found that I was unable. I understood the lines that composed them, yet I cannot move my hand to recreate them. It is as though these words, these names, refuse to be repeated. Just fucking trying to write it. And there's like some force as he's like writing, writing, transcribing um, hieroglyphics. It's like supposed to be a house and it turns into a whirlpool washer. <laughs> yeah. They die nameless. That's the name of this. So you're right. They probably refuse to be repeated. When I unfolded the last bit, I swear that I felt a gust of cold air rush over me. That's the mummy shit. That's that's when you leave. Brendan Fraser gave us a very detailed description of what you should do when mummy shit happens. And that's fucking run, man. So as soon as that gust of cold air rushed over you, boom, put that little bit... Uh, of parchment folds uh, back where you fucking found it. Send the sarcophagi back in the same box. Obviously, be polite. Put down. Put a return label. Maybe eat that bill, and be done with it. Uh, be done. When I unfolded the last bit, I swear that I felt a gust of cold air rush over me. I heard a wordless whisper in my ear, calling me. It is a peculiar feeling. And as I labor to overcome it, I feel something dreadful surrounding these names. Something dark. What in the world have I disturbed? August 12th, 1964. So just jump two weeks. I have ceased my study. (laughs) For good reason, bro. I would return the artifacts to my benefactor if they did not frighten me so. What? Yeah, that's why you return them, because they frighten you so. To be in the same room, to see them sitting atop my desk as I stand at a distance is unbearable. So put them a fucking way. The parchment is nowhere to be found. And for that, I am grateful. I dare not set eyes upon those characters again. For just the one glance will certainly haunt me for life as it is. I have had horrible, relentless visions since the night I unveiled them. Visions of suffering and regret. I will not set foot in that office again. Not while those terrible things remain. I'll be leaving the city tonight. I do not know where I will go, but I am compelled to flee. I cannot abide this place. It's been tainted. I saw the jackal last night. He spoke of false gods. (laughs) <laughs> okay when i uh when i read jackal i don't um if you don't know who patrice o'neill is feel free to look him up he's super funny elephant in the room is his last comedy special before he died but when i hear uh jackal he's uh has a bit um where he's talking about uh white or th- like late night um like those animal commercials. Hi, I'm White Lady. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, 
over there kissing a jackal in the mouth. A jackal in the mouth. That's what just popped in my head. I decided I should share it. October 18th, 1964. I'm running now. Not home or anywhere specific, just away. I have to keep moving or they'll find me again. The two girls, two little girls with silver crowns, watching from the darkness. Wherever I go, they find me, and the shadows rattle like scarabs beneath their feet. Always the smell of sand in the wind, and they appear before me. They tell me they tell me they bring the wrath of the lion, the justice of Sekhmet. They tell me their names and Sekhmet, just so you know, this spelled S E K H M E T. They tell me their names. A sound my mind cannot understand or tolerate, a sound not for the living. I must run. The name torments me. No gods before Ra. As are his faithful, so is the fate of a ten. December 6th, 1964. Damn near two months jumped. I returned to the university today, perhaps in the hopes that I may, may appease the dead, that I may somehow give their names back to the void and the unborn daughters might leave me in peace. I returned as a stranger. Colleagues had forgotten my name. Old friends had forgotten my face. Damn, bro, it's only been fucking since August. I don't know if they were your friends. And my office, where my curse began, had never existed. In its place, I found nothing more than the wall connecting the rooms that once sat to its left and right. A wall yellowed with the same age as the building itself. I'll find no asylum here. I will move on. But I grow weary, and the lion woman awaits my resignation. May 30th, 1965. Damn, jumping months. That's six months later. The months have crawled by. Stripping away my former life little by little. I am without a home. I live in my car. And I steal to survive. Nobody seems to notice me anymore. They forget me as quickly as they see me. Nobody listens to my cries for help. And I sometimes believe they may not even hear my voice. I press on through the streets as a broken man. Trudging more than walking. And they move past me without a second glance. My parents no longer know me. They never had a son. I've become a ghost. A lost cause with nowhere left to turn. My car broke down two days ago. No time to find another. No time to stop. I flee on foot. I sleep only where I lose consciousness. I pray they don't take me in my sleep and I count my blessings when I wake where I collapsed. But I always see them waiting for me in the last moments of dusk before sunrise. I've taken shelter in a sewage tunnel for the night, but this is where I will likely find my final rest. I've grown too tired to stand. I cannot go on. I await my judgment. 
like, damn, things are getting pretty bleak for this guy. So my bad, dude. I probably I gave you I. Okay, so you're just like phone. You're just fading away into the the you into nothingness. So maybe you did have old friends, and they just didn't remember you because you're not real, and they can't probably can't see you. Okay, all right. You probably got friends, bro. My bad, B. When the sun last set, attend Aten's yeah. Aten is A T E N, so I'm just saying Aten. Aten. Yeah, okay. May 31st, 1965. When the sun last set, Aten's gaze turned me from as it did from them. The boy king came to me, adorned in his burial garb, and he spoke with the hiss of the cobra. He gave me the names of his daughters, and with them an understanding. To know faith is Aten is to know the anger of Ra. To know Aten's faithful is to know the wrath of Sekhmet. To remember the banished ones is to face the void. And so, in exchange for their names, he took my own. This will be my last entry here on this page. I leave my last words to the world though they may never be known. Each letter's ink lifts from the page like ash on a breeze. And as I lay here dying, slowly collapsing to dust without the essence of a self, I cannot help but reach out to another in vain. I cannot help but try to leave a memory. Please remember me. My name is... What? My name is Chicka Chicka Slim Shady. Just kidding. That's the end of it. Please remember me. My name is. Yeah. They Die Nameless. All right. By Aaron Shotwell. They Die Nameless. Man, you should not have been playing with shit that you, that old, that stuff that you had no business being in. But I understand why my man was up in there being that he's a, uh, historian and i'm sure he was i mean he was definitely depicting what type of excitement that he got from getting the two sarcophagi uh although he was pretty pissed off about the uh location that they were placed i bet like i don't even like if the driver knew that he was drive dropping off because i've drove before i've definitely delivered and shit like that and you you never know what's in a box. Like sometimes, I mean, you just never know. You just never know. You could be delivering something that's only five bucks, or you can be delivering something that's like twenty five hundred, and you just you don't know. Unless there's like, you know, some package will indicate it, but a lot won't for obvious reasons because they don't want people to fucking steal them. But I just picture the driver just like, oh yeah, I fucking. Just drop it right here and just drop them. Good thing they didn't fuck up. Anyway, yeah, that's it. The creepy cop. Uh, that again, that um, story came from the Creepy Pasta Collection. Again, if you have not heard any of the Creepy Pasta stories, go online, Google it. 
and you'll be blown away. It's super fun to read. Um, especially like if you just want a nice little haunt and don't want to read, uh, you know, six fucking 60 chapters out of a Stephen King book. My name is Nate Chacon. Again, big shout out to my boy at Wolf Ivy. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter at Wolf Ivy, which is I-V-I-E. What else am I missing here? Oh, uh, tell your friends. Let them know. Subscribe to the podcast. We're averaging about 130 to 150 um, hits uh, across all the platforms. That would be short uh, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes or yeah, iTunes, Google Play, uh, TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, you know, f- let your friends know about it. Uh, go back on past episodes. I have episodes even from my uh, first podcast that I started three years ago. Synchro's Pod Show has interviews from uh, more lo- uh, like local uh, folks out here in Salt Lake City. Um, and they're mostly hip hop based. So yeah, I have a little bit of an assortment on there and obviously pumping out more of these short story bingos. Again, we're going to be starting to, I'm going to be, um, rolling out a Twitter and Instagram and a Facebook page. Well, not a Facebook page, but a Facebook group. Um, so that, uh, you, you get it. You're able to see the uh, stories that I'm posting and where you can find the book where, uh, you know, that they were in so that you can have a good fright with your friends or if you just like to read them on your own. So, yeah, again, short story bingo, episode 12 in the books. They die nameless. My name is Nate Chacon the third, and I certainly appreciate um, you know all the support. It's been crazy. I'm super happy to be back at it. Super happy to be back up in your earlobes, and that's how we're gonna fucking end. Dun dun dun. Spare fingers. Yes.